This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Saturday, November 11th, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. The big changes coming to the Federal Reserve include a new chairman and a new head of the New York Fed. Tate Lacey, a policy analyst at the Cato Institute, describes the changes and what the Fed should be focusing on. Well, the first big change uh, will be uh, assuming Senate confirmation uh, that Jay Powell will move from being a governor on the board to being the chair of the Federal Reserve Board. All right. So what do we know about his uh, voting record as a, as a member of the Federal Reserve Board of Governors? Well, since he came to the board, uh, which was initially in 2012, he was then reappointed to his own 14-year term in 2014. Uh, he's voted uh, on the side of Chair Yellen and with the consensus of the board each and every time. Uh, however, there's there's not much to be taken out of that. A governor has not dissented at an FOMC meeting since 2005. Dissents are almost exclusively done uh, now by voting regional bank presidents. Okay, so basically, uh, he has done what was expected of him this in, entire time he's been on the board. He's agreed with his uh, colleagues. That's true. Um, however. Uh, it needs to be said, uh, you could look at somebody like uh, former president of the Dallas Fed, Richard Fisher, uh, who was a very outspoken member when he was on the FOMC. Uh, he cautions against drawing too much out of Powell's voting record, saying that the fact that he has voted with the consensus uh, should not be interpreted to mean that he was not injecting his own uh, unique ideas into the discussions behind the scenes. So uh, help help us understand here a little bit. The meeting minutes that are maintained at these meetings of the, the Fed board, the public doesn't get to see what is in those minutes for five years. Is that right? That's right. So we get minutes after the meetings, um, but it talks in terms of several members voiced a concern over, say, X and other members, maybe a couple had a different concern over Y, uh, but names uh, are not ever applied to that. So you get a general sense of the way the institution uh, is maybe having a push and a pull. But uh, as you point out, it will take five years before you know who exactly said what. All right. So uh, other big changes here at the New York Fed. Mr. Dudley, the uh, current head of the Federal Reserve Bank of New York, is leaving. And uh, what makes the Federal Reserve Bank of New York different and what does it mean or why does it matter that he's leaving? So it matters a great deal when there's a, a change of leadership at New York because the New York Fed is different from the other regional banks uh, in several key respects. One, it's uh, the operational arm of the FOMC. That is to say when the board in Washington makes a policy decision, it is the responsibility of the New York Fed, specifically the trading desk, uh, to execute that policy uh, in the markets. Uh, and of course, the president you know, oversees all of the work of the New York Fed. Uh, secondly, the president of the New York Fed has uh, a particular stature among regional bank presidents. Um, most regional bank presidents are, are on a rotating basis through the FOMC. That is to say, they do not vote each and every year on policy decisions, though they do attend the meetings. Uh, the New York president does vote. Uh, at every single meeting. The the president of the New York Fed is uh, the vice chair of the FOMC. 
Uh, so when that when there is a succession, which there will be now, we think in uh, sometime in the middle of 2018, uh, the implications for policy uh, could be uh, significantly larger uh, than say if a, a Dallas or a San Francisco or Chicago changes. Though those are still important. Um, there's been very little speculation about who might uh, replace Mr. Dudley, but you have to think in the politicized environment for the Federal Reserve, uh, the, the, who secedes him in New York um, is going to get uh, special scrutiny, uh, say more so than anything other than uh, potentially the chair. Okay. As these personnel changes uh, begin to take hold, um, what should the Federal Reserve be focused on? Presumably, it is to reduce its balance sheet and to uh, maintain stability. So there's a couple of things I think that uh, to start with Jerome Powell will be looking at and we'll assume that he's confirmed by the Senate. Uh, he's already been confirmed twice. So uh, most of the reporting said that his among the potential nominees uh, would be the easiest confirmation. So assuming he does secede Chair Yellen in February, uh, what will he look for first? Well, the balance sheet reduction plan, as you point out, uh, has begun. It uh, started last month. And it will uh, escalate in terms of how much is allowed to roll off quarter to quarter through October of next year. Now, the Fed, uh, in many respects, has taken on uh, a painstaking level of detail to communicate its intention to financial markets. So I think Chair Powell's first order of business, what he will be most concerned with, is to make sure that this balance sheet reduction does not create any turmoil in financial markets. Uh, he will be very keen to not have a repeat of the 2013 taper tantrum. Uh, and in that respect, he is likely to continue uh, the policy normalization plan that's been posted on the Fed's website. Uh, so you will see potentially little difference from what a Yellen Fed may have done uh, to what a Powell-led Fed uh, will be doing, at least uh, in its initial impact. Why is it important that the Federal Reserve step down or deleverage in a, in a sense? So there's a couple ways that this is important. Uh, in the first instance, uh, the Fed has not only enlarged its balance sheet in terms of size, but it's also changed its composition. That is to say it's moved from holding uh, essentially just government securities, treasuries, uh, but it also now holds well over a trillion dollars of mortgage-backed securities. Uh, it started doing this in the depths of the crisis to support the mortgage market. But you really don't want a central bank that is in the credit allocation business. Uh, so the sooner it sort of returns to traditional central banking, um, the, the better it is for that. Uh, credit allocation ought to be done by private markets. Uh, secondarily, the very large balance sheet has uh, changed the operating framework of the central bank. Um, if you think back to prior to the crisis, uh, the central bank's balance sheet was large enough only so that the marginal reserve, that is when the Fed changed the amount of reserves in the banking system, they were conducting monetary policy, that is changing their target uh, interest rate, what we call the federal funds rate. Uh, with the massive growth of reserves and the growth of the Fed's balance sheet, that is no longer possible. So they've adopted a new uh, framework, which has dramatically changed that federal funds market. And the federal funds rate is, of course, one of the most important interest rates in the world, uh, which you know, countless other rates are benchmarked off of. 
Is there anything that, if assuming again that Jay Powell is actually uh, confirmed, is there anything that he can do to make that uh, agency more transparent? Um, there are, you know, some people argue that he would try to get back to uh, a modified Taylor rule of some sort. But if he hasn't given many details about what that would entail, it doesn't give me a lot of hope that there will actually be a lot of transparency. And uh, there's reason to believe that unless you know what the unless the the broad public has an idea about what the rule is, it's not particularly useful. So there's a few few comments to be made uh, on how he may pursue a more transparent regime. Uh, he has not uh, specified that he would pursue a Taylor rule, although he has uh, talked about using rules as benchmarks or guides more so than, say, Chair Yellen has. Uh, so it will be interesting should he become the chair uh, to see what what kind of uh, a monetary rules discussion might be incorporated into some of his public remarks uh, and speeches. Uh, to your transparency point, there is something uh, that he could do, uh, at least as, as everybody understands it, and that would be uh, the FOMC meets uh, eight times a year, uh, and it, but it currently does not hold uh, eight press conferences a year. So there are some FOMC meetings uh, that do not have a press conference. Uh, they don't release uh, as much information at the end of meetings. Uh, and some Fed watchers think that you can better predict when there will be policy action predicated on the fact if there will be a press conference. So one thing, uh, say, a Chair Powell could do would be to institute a consistent communication framework for each and every FOMC meeting. That is to say, he would uh, give a statement after each meeting. He would take uh, Q&A from the media um, rather than do it only on certain occasions. Tate Lacey is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.